Look, I'm just going to start this episode by saying James's microphone is... I don't know what's wrong with it, but he sounds like he's in a bathroom. I apologise. Uh, you'll be back next week, won't you, James? Technology. As much as uh, I'd like to make ad revenue from this... No. Nope. And we have we have advertised before. The CISO has been brought to you by uh, various businesses in the past. It sold a house. It did sell a house, you're right. We didn't even get a cut of that. I'll never forget that. Goodness sake. Nope. We're missing, missing a trick here. We need a business partner. That's what we need, James. Now, anyone out uh, there, any of the listeners, if you want to become a member of this, this esteemed group, please let us know. You can write things. Well, it's been like three... What, three and a half years? Two and a half years? Oh, a remember. long time. I lose, I lose track. Uncountable days. And this is episode 130. We're doing real well. That's like an average of what? That's like 40-ish a year? Let's not try to make it seem like we do a good job of recording these with any frequency. This year we've actually been pretty good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of the year left, but I, I'm happy. There's been like a couple of weeks. Oh, that being said, I'm going on holiday next week, so oh. sorry, guys. Actually, no, it's a lie. I can do I can do next Monday, but just not the Monday after that. Cool. Uh, going on, but yeah. So that's not that bad. But we have been going for like three and a half years. So oh, no, yeah, I mean, just my point. Uh, so it's been three and a half years, and we're only just we're we're still getting to that website. We're building up to it. Yeah, this is just like with this is now season one. We're thirty episodes into season one. <laughs> Uh, it's all a big build up to the next step which is a website and we're not going to wait a hundred weeks at the minimum to do that next step we're just doing it as soon as we can and when we talked about which is when I get paid yeah exactly and uh, when we talked about having like celebrity guests and all that we, we did kind of do that we got David Tennant we done right? it after all, these, after all these promises of big name politicians <laughs> and other celebrities we got Mr. David Tennant for one question that I didn't for even get question. to talk to him. I didn't talk or meet him. No, I, I did. He was lovely. Yeah. He was lovely. Got a good picture of him too. And me. Not just not just him. I didn't just ask for a picture <laughs> of him. Can I have a picture of you, please, Mr. Tennant? <laughs> I kiss it before I sleep every night. No, I, I was a picture of the two of us. And uh, I look hideous, so I, I've never published it anywhere. <laughs> but it's on my phone. And uh, he is a beautiful man. And a lovely man. He is a beautiful man. Uh, so yeah, let's let's make more promises. What's what's our what's our, our promise for this website? Is it happening? Is it going to happen by a certain? David point? Tennant is going to be a contributor. Okay. Website. He's going to write reviews of his favorite shows. Nice. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, I don't know. I presume we could do like film reviews and and radio TV reviews in. We could. I suppose we could do them in audio form. We'll just write, write or record whatever we want. Call. Yeah. And we've got a place to put anything. Offcom, schmoffcom. That's what I say. Exactly. Right. Okay. Anyway, Cease Operate episode one thirty. I'm Colin. He's James. And I have bought the domain already, so no one, no one try and steal it. And welcome to your weekly dose of banality. That's our new slogan, by the way. <laughs> I think that's apt. Yeah. I'll go for that. Uh, this week, actually, a lot's happened, which is good for once, but uh, it's going to be a lot of kind of news and briefs. So uh, buckle up your seatbelts, people. It's a non-stop ride from here on out. Here it goes. <laughs> I hope you're ready. Here we go. Starting with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is, uh, uh, there's many, many news headlines which could have started the episode, you know, Gaza, Donald Trump, North Korea. But no, we've decided to go with Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it's, it's better. Um, and because it probably got the most clicks this week. That's very true. Now, the, the, the news is that Fox decided to uh, well, decided not to renew 
Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the comedy, uh, police comedy with Andy Samberg, Terry Crews, Chelsea Peretti, uh, for Andrea Brower, of course, uh, yeah. for a sixth season, which led to a massive social media outcry mm-hmm. for people who were just like, how, how could you do this? This is a great show. And lots of famous people got involved. Guillermo del Toro, for one. He's famous. He won an Oscar. He is famous, yeah. Uh, and then He's officially famous because he's got a statue. <laughs> after one day... NBC decided to renew it for a sixth season, which yeah. everybody was very happy with. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Netflix to go for it, but me too, actually. M- NBC must have bid more. Now, I'm going to contrast this before we get into this. Let's just contrast this with Designated Survivor, which today I'm sorry I didn't send a link to this, James. No, I'll just believe you though. It's fine. Designated Survivor was cancelled. It was announced today. Uh, oh no! After two seasons of the episodic show, oh. which aired on Netflix here, I think in the states it actually had a broadcaster. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I believe it. I'm pretty sure it did because it's Kiefer Sutherland, and he's kind of a bigish name. Wait. Did it not have a Netflix original sign? It's Netflix original for, for UK, but not for the States. It's Interesting. It's okay. definitely, I'm almost certain it's NBC. Nice. Or, uh, anyway, it's been cancelled after yeah. two seasons of... Very of, surprisingly, because it was high quality TV. It was, well, this is the thing. It was high quality TV, yes, but eh. in the States, uh, the ratings dropped massively from about 12 million in season one to about eight in season two. Yeah. They uh, had just brought in their fifth showrunner wow. in three seasons, which is kind of unheard of and also a massive turnover rate. I think their second and third ones joined midway through season one. Right. Uh, rumors of kind of discontent in the actual cast and uh, as filming was going on because of the creative twist and turns, twists and turns. And then... Kiefer Sutherland has a clause, rather had a clause in his contract, that if the show had a third season, they'd relocate from Toronto to LA, which is massively more expensive. And so all that chucked in together and the producers just went, actually, you know what? No. So that show is done for. And James... There was no outcry, or rather, there hasn't cool. really been much, uh, as, as little as a whimper I'm gonna... for people clamouring for a third season. Just just break this down for me, how these two contrasting situations. Right, I'm going to, here's the thing. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, people liked it a lot. Designated Survivor, people didn't like it a lot. Eh. That's about it. Well, no, because Designated Survivor, I think, was, like, distraction TV to people. I don't think anyone tuned into that. Because they loved it, or because they couldn't wait to see what the characters are going to get up to this week, or because it keeps them entertained end on end on end. I think they had a story that had some mystery, and people liked to discover the resolution to mystery. It wasn't a well-run show. The writing wasn't incredible. Right. The acting was passable. Whereas Brooklyn Nine-Nine was uh, not a new style of comedy, but a renewed style of comedy in a new setting with characters that people loved to see and it was genuinely funny and people loved the show and maybe it didn't get good ratings for the live viewers but across the world people have been tuning in on the on the old netflix okay uh, and it's been it's been a very memeable show so it's had some internet culture behind it whereas designated survivor i haven't seen a single meme off. not well, not one meme you see that designated survivors distraction tv i do kind of agree with that however that's like a fully, you know, it's like hour-long episodes and storylines and drama, whereas Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like 20-minute bite-sized chunks. Exactly. So surely that's distraction TV. Yeah, but it, no one watched it in 20 minutes. You waited until there was three episodes to watch, and then you watched them, and then you waited, and then you watched. And if you run out, you start watching it again. 
Whereas Designated Survivor, because everything took so long to happen, and then we were just, okay, okay, let's see what happens this episode, and then not a lot happened, and then maybe an explosion, and maybe they tried to make a surprise twist, but it didn't make much sense. Like, I'm a completionist. I will watch a bad TV season <laughs> most of the time until it's done. As reflected in Iron Fist. I gave up on Des- Designated Survivor. Yeah, I gave up on this one. It was too, it was too boring. I pushed through Designated Survivor Series 1, despite the fact that I thought the best bit was resolved about halfway through the season. Yeah, immediately, yeah. And then, yeah, and continued to persist through watching it and was ultimately disappointed. I thought yep. it had a good calibre of actors. I thought Kiefer Sutherland's a great get. I thought it has a good premise, uh, location, everything looked great. But you're right, it just didn't have that hook. It just, yeah, you know, like, compared to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just a, just a superior show in every way. Yeah, there's the thing, the good thing about Designated Survivor, aside from the story well the beginnings of the story was the intrigue you're trying to work out what earth's going on but they ran out of good intrigue very quickly yeah and that's it okay well fair enough and i'm glad that got cancelled i'm not so glad that fox is just seemingly continuing to inject itself with the drug that is cancelling good shows because there's no explanation to how many good shows they've cancelled over the years without just one of the execs enjoys doing it well the 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 reason they gave for cancelling brooklyn 99 was scheduling they said they just didn't have a space for it and they wanted to give more time to bob's burgers they've said the same about so many other shows i think they said the same about family guy because there was a bit that family guy did about they're getting cancelled for scheduling errors hold on hold on how does family guy get what 15 seasons of a show which has not been funny yeah. since season what two three one and a half and yet something like brooklyn 99 which is still funny which is consistently funny yeah gets cancelled after five because fox execs are dumb and maybe it's because viewers of live tv and cable tv are dumb and they watch dumb shows and then we get to watch them a few months later when no one cares about the stats anymore okay well talking off uh, animated shows rick and morty yeah talking of dumb shows <laughs> no 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 not dumb shows animated talking of talking <laughs> of ridiculous shows that only if only idiots would shows enjoy where there are drawing characters not real life characters Rick and Morty. We talked about this recently. Yeah. In that, uh, I think it was what season four. I think was uh, was kind of up in the air. A wee bit, yeah. What's happened now? Now, bear in mind that the previous series have had maybe what ten episodes a season. Ten. I think one of them had eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So, so ten episodes a season. This week, the makers of Rick and Morty confirmed there will be another seventy episodes. Seventy. I thought it was a joke when I read. That. I thought it was. I thought it was a typo. I thought they meant like seven. I still think it might be a joke. I don't understand this. Okay, let's let's take this on face value. The, the show's cre- uh, co-creator Dan Harmon uh, told GQ that the seventy-episode deal came after a long negotiation process. He said there was a lot of back and forth. I just needed enough episodes and the right kind of deal structure that would give us permission to do what we want to do. Seventy episodes, though, that is that's enough to keep the show going for another decade. Yeah, that's a lot of planning. If they've got a structure in mind that required that many seasons, then they must have thought real hard about the story and where it's going. But Rick and Morty doesn't have a storyline. Well, it does. It's got an overarching storyline. Okay, well, I'm not going to try and summarise it. Right, but (laughs) thanks. But 70 episodes seems... I've never heard of a show being given that much leeway yeah. or headroom in any sort of commission ever yeah i mean it might not last they might they might just get the contract torn up and get paid off after two um but the, the, like so the only comparison i have is amazon giving the lord of the rings five season 
um, plan. Yeah, but I mean, no disrespect to Rick and Morty, but that's Lord of the Rings. It's no Lord of the Rings, no. yeah. But it's, it's a mind-blowing amount of, like, how do you negotiate that? How do you project that in 10 years' time you're still going to be funny, popular, and or alive? It's, it's very true, but it's also, like, Rick and Morty isn't like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, I would argue it's not like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is kind of general enough for everybody to enjoy. I think you yeah. either enjoy Rick and Morty or you don't. Yeah, it's a bit more like that, but it does have some insane popularity. It does. For whatever reason. As seen by the Szechuan sauce, if you want to revisit yeah, a previous episode. Yeah, the revamps of culture. Um, bringing, back, bringing back whatever they want. Making reference to things and making them insanely popular. Who knows why? Maybe it is a bit more mainstream approachable than fans are thinking. I just don't want it to become a parody of itself. Yeah. Which is what happens when you have these things going for a long time. Like even South Park's approaching that or approached that and is kind of crossing that line. The Simpsons did it forever ago. Family Guy did it after one season. Well, see, this is the thing. Yeah, it's these these shows which just get stale and unfunny. Yeah, and then they have to just double down on the the hilarious character traits, and then it becomes dumb. Let's let's uh, continue on the whistle stop tour of news. Yeah. Let's go to Luke Cage. Let's stick with the TV for now. Luke Cage season two. The first trailer is online. Let's have a listen. Everybody talking about Luke Cage like he's Jesus. I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. The bulletproof black man. For the hard rocks, he's a ghetto boogeyman of their nightmares. But one man cannot save a community. You can't keep doing what you're doing. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. I see I'm torn. I, I, half of the trailer, I'm like, okay, I could watch this. And then half of it, I was like, why? Why is sunglasses a thing? Why is why is the lady a th- in the in the in again? I don't remember her name. Sorry, sorry. By sunglasses, you mean shades? The character shades. Yeah. Why is okay. aviators in it? Um, <laughs> actually, what kind of sunglasses is it? I couldn't tell. I don't know. The boots. Anyway, Sunny G's is back. So is so is um not cotton mouth, and I don't want them to be in the show ever. Um, there's some new bad guy. Bushmaster. That's what I was going to say. Which sounds to me like a rejected porno name. I'm very sorry about that. A wee bit. That was whoa. That joke's got levels. Well, well, it does though, doesn't it? No, that joke's got. No, I like. I'm appreciating how that that joke had levels, Colin. I'm allowing it. Okay, thanks. Let's hope it passes the censors. The music looked great. The action looked cheap. They're trying to make Luke Cage interesting in a way that he's like being famous, which is new for the hero thing, I suppose. Only Iron Man's really done that. Um, he's he's recording his own TV show, I think, but the dialogue didn't seem great. I'm I'm going to watch this. I think it's probably going to be better. By and then and again, I'm I'm saying this having seen one trailer. It looks like it's better than than part two of season one, but probably yeah. not as good as part one of season one. Right. Let me just quickly chuck in my thoughts. We've discussed before that Cottonmouth, who is the best character, Maharshala Ali's character was the best part of Luke Cage. And sorry, spoiler alert, because the show is two years old now, he gets killed off halfway through the season. Yeah. And the show then rapidly deteriorates as it brings in another superpower person who we don't care about with very little backstory and they resolve the show far too quickly. My thoughts then going into the second season is that it's missing the best part. As you say, there's no cottonmouth. Yep. And... They've just brought in another superhero villain. Yeah. And I can predict... The, the trailer predicts what's going to happen. Luke Cage is at, like... 
yeah, he's a celebrity, he's got his own show, and I like that you kind of did the whole fourth wall breakage at the end of the trailer. Oh, it's my show. No, no, no. I mean, recognizing the fourth wall, yeah, I hope they aren't actually going to go for fourth yeah, wall breaking. Right. Regardless, regardless. So he starts at the top, this new guy comes in, he's like, whoa, I can beat up Luke Cage. Oh, Luke Cage is in trouble. Oh, wait, he figures out a way to win, and now Harlem's still his. Yeah. That's, that is the, sake, the second season in a nutshell, and I just, yeah. it's so predictable, I just wish they would go back to the character-driven human characters. I know that Luke Cage is bulletproof, but at least with Cottonmouth, there was a bit of threat to him. You're like, oh, actually, I don't know how this is going to figure out. Whereas if it's just him against another superhero dude, you know he's going to win. They're not going to finish the show with Luke Cage dead in a gutter. Because the only person that threatens him is the other superhero character. All his henchmen, the joke is that all the henchmen try to fight him every time, but it's going to get boring. I don't want to see Luke Cage just slowly walking up to people and beating them up and then getting punched in the face by some other guy and it hurts. Yeah. You're right. I want a character-driven story. That's all that would work for Luke Cage. And the thing is, maybe this whole, oh, this guy can take on Luke Cage would be fresh and new if they hadn't already done it in season one. Yeah, so basically they're just extending most of the plot line of season season one and making it a full season. I'm sorry. Because we've already seen that Luke Cage, the invulnerable guy, he's already been not so vul- vul- invulnerable. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, I'm I'm quite annoyed about this because just of how good the opening half of the first season of Luke Cage was yep. when it just revolved around people and not people with superpowers and then suddenly it goes into superpower mode and suddenly i just lose all enthusiasm because you know how it's gonna end yeah <sighs> anyway iron fist anyway. season two meanwhile has wrapped filming yeah and they maybe filmed it for more than two weeks this time so that's good. <laughs> very true uh i reckon uh maybe you can see this one end of either side of christmas potentially i'm not sure actually i don't know if they've announced the date i yet. mean it might be uh uh, start of start of autumn. I I don't know about you, but I think they've they've turned this around quite quickly because I we weren't talking about Iron Fist that long ago. It seems like it was just yesterday, but we also <laughs> have seen the Defenders since then. Very true, very true. But Iron Fist came out just before that, so I think yeah, I'm talking maybe what a year, year and a bit between series. That's quite but fast. That seems that seems like a lot longer than they put into the first season. Absolutely, Iron Fist season one is horrible. Don't ever watch it. Yeah, I uh, again, there's one character that is good. And he's not dead this one. So season two might have more Mr. Wardy Ward. Yeah, that's true. I like Ward. He's fun. Okay. Everyone else, I, I don't want. Jumping over to the Marvel side of films, uh, Captain Marvel's oh. cast Annette Benning this week. Now, it's a name you probably will not recognize. Nope. However, she is an Oscar winner with The Kids Are All Right and American Beauty, I believe. Yeah, she's a she's a big name. And she's done... Uh, the, her most recent film that I saw in the two most recent films, one was, I think it was Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. And the other one was 20th Century Women. Both very, very niche films, I agree. That's what she does. Artsy, niche, demanding jobs. She is like a character, a character actress. She is phenomenal in everything she does. I think this, casting her as I believe Brie Larson's mother in Captain Marvel is a... That would make sense. Brilliant statement of intent. I'm looking forward to seeing her in that. As am I. I'm going to say one other thing, though. In the article... It said that they've said it's it said that whatever um, people in the film are saying that Captain Marvel is going to be the most powerful character that we've seen in a Marvel film yes. so far. I feel like that shouldn't have been said. Why? Well, one, it just means that oh, she's going to save the day really easy, right? For everything, uh-huh. she's more powerful than than Thanos. 
Here's Can't Do Infinity Gauntlet. We're not going to talk about them. We're not allowed to talk about them. Uh, Can we just say on that point, uh, the film which should not be named is on the verge of entering the fifth, the top five of all time box office, and it's still climbing. I don't know. I feel like some of the hype that we're going into these days with the Marvel stuff is a bit too revealing. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's... Uh, continue the whistle stop tour on to the predator which is oh, the uh, yeah. reboots or i don't know is a sequel or i don't know threequel it's probably a sequel who knows reboot from shane black uh from iron man 3 kiss kiss bang bang etc etc i do like kiss kiss bang bang here we go tell me about the mission did you see anything unusual like an alien you mean Or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Can we just talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Go, cool. tell me what what's your what's your your points with it? Well, it's just it's a very funny, very very clever, and um, fourth wall breaking before it was cool again. Um, film with Robert Downey Jr. before he was Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. And also, sorry, I should have said Shane Black from the Nice Guys, which is probably one of my favorite films uh, of all time. Again, a great film. So maybe this Predator film will be good. I disagree. This trailer is horrible. It's a horrible trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try and ignore that because of the history of the filmmaker. Yes, I agree. I think Shane Black's a talented director. Uh, his films, yeah, I enjoy his films. And I like Jacob Tremblay, who is the kid yeah. in The Predator. He's very good in the in Room, and also not The Room. He's very good in Room. In Room, yeah. And uh, he was also, I think, in Wonder, which is a, uh, a film from this past uh, winter. He was very good in that, and he, I'm sure, will survive because he's a kid, and they can't kill kids. Uh, so that's my prediction. But also, just this whole trailer just, oh, I just felt nothing. I felt absolutely nothing. It was very generic action. They had all the shots that you'd need to have if you were going to try and make the most generic action film with uh, both the Predator in it. However, because of some of the cast, uh, like it is high effort on the casting here. I think it's just a bad job of the trailer. The film probably won't be bad. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think it's going to be good. On the expectations scale, it is not boring. Because some of the recent Predator films have been boring. More recent ones. Well, I guess there was that one recent one in the AVP films. Alien vs. Predator. That was dreadful. Yeah, they were boring. So I think this could be not boring. Okay. Uh, just before we get on to some more movie news with some uh, with Solo, Deadpool 2, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, just very briefly, you're talking about films which were boring. I've seen two films in the past week. Rampage, uh-huh. Dwayne Johnson, yeah. and also Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's new one, right. which came out about two months ago. I haven't seen either of those, uh, but I do have opinions on them. Okay, Dwayne Johnson and Rampage uh, is pretty bad. I mean, it's... If you want to see a giant gorilla fighting a giant crocodile fighting a giant wolf which has porcupine spines and can fly... Fighting a normal-sized The Rock. No, they don't ever bite him. Um, but he, he has a I grenade launcher. And, oh, sorry. So they said biting. I'm very sorry. No, they don't bite him. They fight him, yes. Uh, besides that, besides the kind of cool effects of Chicago being destroyed... The film is horrible. Yep. The dialogue is dreadful. The acting's even worse. And my goodness, I can't think of two 
more badly acted, inept villains in any recent film I've seen. Oh, really? Ready Player One. That's my story. My rampage. Don't ever watch it. Rubbish. Ready Player <laughs> You're One. You're not even going to... Yep. No segue required. Nope. No, not at all. Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's kind of like... We talked about this a lot The tra- when the trailers come out. Um, yeah. We forgot to talk about it when it came out. It's okay. Like, it's not... Ama- it's not bad, but it's not amazing. There's a lot of fanboy service paid. Yeah. And most of the film is kind of done with avatars and anime and, you know, <laughs> they're in the game world. So it's not it's not real people. It's all CGI. And actually the more interesting yeah, stuff... Yeah, they got, they got in actors and CGI'd everything. Yeah. The more interesting stuff is actually in the real world, the dystopian future. And it goes on about 40 minutes too long. It's yeah. 2 hours 20, which is mental. It's a long one. And again, you can kind of you can, you can see the end. It's, it's very good. Huge CG action pieces. Yeah, it's very, very good. But massive CGI action pieces. Well acted. Mark Grimes is in it. Simon Pegg's in it. Simon Pegg, yeah. Ty Sheridan is great as the, the main guy. Ben Mendelsohn playing the umpteenth villain. We've talked about Ben Mendelsohn before being the villain in everything. Yeah. Here he is again doing yeah. nothing of note other than looking menacing. And, and speaking in a posh accent. He's horribly underwritten. And the film, yeah, the film was just, it's just kind of there. It's not, it's not anything I would rush out and be like, oh, you need to see it. It's just like, eh, wouldn't bother. Yes, that's kind of what... Which the... is disappointing for a Spielberg film. Well, it's not really a Spielberg film, though, is it? Because he, he didn't have to do anything. He he was probably on set filming for maybe three days total <laughs> for some of the live-action stuff. Um, I think the film w- would be appealing to anyone if you go in just expecting to have references thrown at you from years past. And if you'd enjoy that, then you'll enjoy this film because you'll see all the characters you like yeah. doing doing stuff, but in 3D well, not in two, but I don't know. Um, I've heard people say it's good. I've heard people say it's bad. I think it is just all about whether you're going in to watch a film that will give you things to think about and feel. Nope. Or if you're going in to have a film that will just make you go, oh, I know that I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, I never thought I'd see those two guys punching each other. Oh, it's amazing. It, I mean, it didn't even do that. I mean, there was a few references to Halo and Minecraft, and that was basically it. Well, the Iron Giant was in it, and I love that. Iron Giant's in it, but yeah, Iron Schmiron. Well, no, never Iron Schmiron the Giant, please. <laughs> okay, sorry, let's let's quickly move on uh, to some reactions. Solo, the much maligned uh, Star Wars spin-off is out in, oh, about 10 days' time. Yeah. The first reactions are in, and James, they're actually quite positive, which part of me part of me is kind of annoyed. <laughs> and by that you mean they're not negative. Because I wanted it to be really bad. Well. Is that bad? N- not really, because we also have the news coming out that almost 70% of the film was redone. Yeah. It could be anything. So this article said that, that uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller... Um, I always get that wrong. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Said, uh, <laughs> of course, the, the directors from Lego Movie, from 21 Jump Street, who were initially brought in. Funny guys. The fun guy, the funny guys, wanted to make this film kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy style. But Star Wars. But Star Wars. And the thing is, Guardians of the Galaxy is an excellent movie. And I can see mm-hmm. why they'd like to try and kind of emulate that. Yes. I don't see how it would fit the character of Han Solo or Chewbacca. Exactly. And Lucasfilm saw it the same way and said, nope, we want a Star Wars, Star Wars film. Ron Howard, you're an old hat. You can come in and do this. And obviously it looks like it's paid off. Yeah, apparently he's done a decent job of fixing a thing and making it a different film. I 
I'm happy that it's the reviews are coming in far more positive than I expected them to. I, it makes me actually think I might see this film when it when it comes out. I, I, I expect it will start start kind of slow and poor, but once it gets into the meat of it, it will be fun to watch. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, all, the, I, that's all I really want. That's what the reactions are kind of saying. Like slow to get going, but once it's, once it gets there, it's good. And Alden Ehrenreich apparently is quite good as Han Solo as well. Which yeah, that's the most surprising thing is that he's pulled it out. I like Donald Glover gonna be great. That was a given. Chewbacca, how can you go wrong playing Chewbacca? But Alden being Han, that was that was the worry that he wouldn't do it. Apparently he's actually done it. But then the most promising thing for me was that they actually did pre-screenings that weren't N ND ND. I've no idea. They did pre-screenings and they allowed people to talk about them. Oh nice. They didn't just silence everyone because if you never hear if you hear nothing about a film before it comes out, it means it's bad, right? Yeah. Or it's going for the Oscars. And this was not going for the Oscars. <laughs> But the fact that we've actually been able to hear about the film before it's come out, that's a, that's a, that's a decent sign. Okay, well, Deadpool 2 is out tomorrow, UK time, uh, May 15th. And the news really from that, I mean, they've released another teaser with David Beckham, which is quite funny if you're, I'm not going to play a clip, but if you want to go and watch it, it's quite funny. Slags off a lot of Ryan Reynolds movies, uh, which I Which is justified. Justified, yeah. First mm-hmm. reactions are also in. The thing I want to talk about, first reactions are also positive, saying, yeah, funny, does does the job. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the post-credit scenes now. Apparently, there are four. Four. There were meant to be five. Hi. And this is news. This is news to you, James, because I didn't put it in the run order. The fifth one was reportedly cut because it featured Deadpool standing in a children's ward in front of a a cot that says "A Hitler." It's involving time travel of some sort, and then right. the camera then cutting to the baby's point of view. Uh-huh. Before being strangled, right? <laughs> That's been cut from the film. Yep. I mean, maybe it will get put in for the director's re-release. I mean, is there is there a line where you can say that's not funny, or is you just have to accept either everything's funny or, or, or everything's not funny? I, I'm not. I'm not agreeing. I'm not complete. I'm not. But just to say, I'm not condoning this at all. I'm just no. saying, is this is there a line at all? I would like to think that every single thing in all of forever can be funny but it can be really difficult to be funny maybe nearly impossible that it's all about the delivery it's all about well it's just all about delivery isn't it how clever the thing you've done is yeah but i don't think there's any untouchable subject for humor i just think you have to be so much more and more and more careful and you're probably going to take a hit for your popularity (laughs) from some people but who cares about those people right i mean i don't think people would have issue with the fact of oh you're implying that you're going to kill Hitler. It's more the fact you're implying that you're killing a baby. Yeah. Which I think is, which people would probably find uncomfortable. So I can kind of see why uh, it sounds like they've cut this bit from the from the movie. I mean, but if that was the part that got cut, it, it means that maybe there's some seriously dark humour in this one. I, I do like a bit of dark humour. Well, just very briefly again, going to some sequels. Peter Rabbit 2. Oh. Hold on to your butts, James, is coming here for 2020. Oh my. <sighs> can't, I can't wait to to watch that that one. Talking off bad Ryan Reynolds films, The Hitman's Bodyguard's been given a sequel, going by the title The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. You kidding me? Here's the thing: uh, you you've called that yet yeah, one. What a title! Two. What a title! What a title! Three. Um, it was a surprise. Sorry, hit, sorry. You saying Julipa's rules? One. What a terrible title! <laughs> 
too. <laughs> sorry. What, what a terrible sorry. That was dreadful. I'm going to walk away from the microphone now. Continue. Cool. Um, no, all, all I was saying was that the first one was surprisingly popular with audiences. I, I don't quite know why. Um, but if they if they want to make a profit with the second one, go for it, mates. Just make a good film afterwards. Okay. Sherlock Holmes 3. <laughs> nine years after the second one with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Yeah. Is apparently on the books for 2020. So at almost a decade on. Can't wait. I don't know why it's taking... Why is it taking them so long? I don't know. Because the thing is, the first two actually were quite good. I I didn't like the second one. Oh, I just I don't like the second one. I like it more and more as, as, I, as time goes on. It's better than the first one. Mm, I am undecided. <laughs> okay. I, I think they were not very creative films in some ways, but they were very creative films in other ways. Maybe they didn't have... I don't know what the second one, how well received it was or how, how much money it made. Um, I get, I'd also just hazard, I guess, that with Robert Downey Jr. being a bit more free to make films now, and being not so tied into his huge contract with Marvel. Yep. And that's leading to an insane amount of popularity for the guy. They're just putting him back in a franchise to make money off his face. I, I agree. I think obviously that, if we didn't already know it, spells the end for his character in Marvel. Is that a spoiler? Probably not. In some in some way, but most of them it should. We're running out, half the guys are running are running their contracts, so we should expect to see them in other films pretty soon. And also, he's he's like mid to late 50s at this point. And he kind of he kind of phoned it in for the last one. Had the uh, the film that will be called Voldemort from here on out. Okay. And also, he is, uh, he's, he's heading up the new Doctor Doolittle film for next year. Oh, man. Which they're remaking uh, wow. again with like an all-star cast, but we'll get to that once the first trailer drops. We'll get yeah, when something when something drops. But then there's Sherlock Holmes. I don't see how they're going to up the ante from last one because in the second one they jump the gun a bit and put in his classically pure villain, the guy Moriarty. that matches him. On, yeah, Moriarty matches him in every regard. So how can they? Uh, yeah, how can they top that? Yeah, similar to what the BBC did of their run, is they immediately got him to confront his equal and then how do you make the future things more tense yeah you just don't you just keep you just keep bringing back the uh, the old villain that's what you <laughs> yeah do. either bring back the old villain or add more explosions it's, that's it's your what, options it is what happens when a show or a film introduces a villain who's so good that they can't help but bring him back like in that one andrew scott who plays moriarty in the bbc series is so good yeah that they just kept bringing back even after the character was dead yeah. Uh, sorry, spoiler. And also, spoiler. even Loki, who they just kept bringing back because Tom Hiddleston was so good and the character was so popular. But, you know, maybe we'll get more relatively cool fight scenes and cool slow motion shots of things happening because yeah. they have they have liked their good slow motion in those Although films. Robert Downey Jr.'s English accent's kind of... Uh... Interesting. Well, it's just a it's a positive, really. It's hilarious. Okay. Last but not least, before we get some actual serious world news actually affecting uh -huh, people's yeah, lives. Sure, yeah, we're going to do that, promise. Jordan Peele, of course, behind Get Out, which was my favourite film of last year. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. He's announced his next movie uh, for March next year called Us, which apparently has cast Lupita Nyong'o uh, of 12 Years a Slave, of Black Panther fame uh, in the I think in the lead role, rumours of getting more Black Panther cast. Winston Duke, who played in Baku in Black Panther, if that sounds at all familiar to any of you, is uh, rumoured for the <laughs> other lead role. James, for Jordan Peele, obviously because Get Out was such a massive success, does that mean yes. there is 
unbelievable pressure on him now for this film to be good. Everyone's just going to be expecting it to be like, whoa, I can't wait to see this year's Get Out. Yes. And anything else to add? Well, no, you're right. That's just about it. Because Get Out was so good and not just good with people who like that kind of film, but good for every single person in the world. Anyone watching anything that Peel makes again is going to be hoping it's going to be mind-blowing again. So lots of pressure, but he's a very creative guy and very funny. And I oh, yeah. believe that funny people are probably the most creative. Oh, thanks. Um, so I've got my fingers... Uh, not even crossed, because I think it's a guarantee it's going to be good. Okay. Let's, uh, as we round up the show, go to the important stuff, starting with news Israel. News news. Yeah. Let's get a theme tune for news news. <laughs> and people, uh, yes, unfortunately, people have died in Gaza. 55 Palestinians have been killed. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that tickled my um, surprise my surprise laugh. You know, when something, something surprises you, you're not in the mood for really something horrible. Yeah, we, we kind of went, that was a sharp left-hand turn there. <laughs> Jordan Peele, great films. People have died. Yeah, so 55 anyway, cut, cut that, try again. Uh, so, really? Or should we just keep going? <laughs> it's up to you at this point. <laughs> right, serious face on. Uh, so, yeah, it's actually, it's the worst day of violence in, in four years. Uh, 55 people dead, yeah. 2,500 injured, which is mental. Yeah, an incredible number. And it's on the day the US embassy was opened after being moved from Tel Aviv to Israel, yeah. which really signifies the US's view of Jerusalem being the capital and the kind of the central part of Israel, which the Palestinians obviously viewing Jerusalem as their home mm-hmm. have seen this as kind of like a flagrant starting up of tensions again as yeah. witnessed now by 55 people who've died the, uh, the israeli pm benjamin netanyahu said the military were acting in self-defense mm. uh the u.s have blamed hamas who are the kind of palestinian governing body mm-hmm. whereas other countries have kind of uh, varied between the extremes and uh from one extreme to the other well, so he- south africa have recalled their ambassador from israel turkey have done the same yeah they've recalled uh, their ambassadors from israel and the u.s yeah, no, France France has, uh, uh, Emmanuel Macron condemned violence. Germany, uh, however, said Israel had the right to defend itself. Uh, EU and the UK have called for restraint. I don't know how you do that. I, I think I think the German statement was a bit less supportive. I think they said they've got a right to defend themselves, but proportionally. Yeah, propor- so if you've yeah, got yeah, a whole bunch of civilians coming up to your fence, throwing rocks and maybe some fire you probably don't get your best snipers out and start shooting into the crowd. Right. Because the the, the the 55 dead here isn't, like, military, I don't think. I believe it is just, pro- C- like, not protests, yeah. but rioters, basically. Yeah. Maybe they're have, showing a bit of uh, danger, but I believe they were on another side of a fence. You're right. Sorry, I should have said that. Germany said Israel had the right to defend itself, but proportionately. Because the thing is, if Gaza or other, if the Palestinians yeah. were shooting at the Israeli military, then fair enough. But I don't recall seeing any Israeli injuries or deaths. No, I, all I've heard is they were throwing rocks and a bit of fire, because that's what rioters do. And Israel, in, in its classic way, defended itself incredibly strongly with violence and force that is not proportional. So why has nobody else... Well, none of the big kind of uh, superpowers, if you will, spoken out about this why hasn't theresa may condemned the fact that 55 people are dead after this embassy opened i think most people are realizing well it's not just the embassy is it it's also the anniversary 
coming up to a a, a, de- a decade anniversary of Israel's formation. Yeah, I don't know. That was in forty eight or something. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I think almost every country in the world is realizing that no matter what you say or what you do, it's only going to increase tensions. So you've just got to quietly encourage each side to peacefully talk. Whereas the U.S. right now doesn't do the peacefully talk thing, and and it's it's stirred up the tensions by relocating its embassy. But I don't think there is anything that well aside from just taking away the money from the region that any of our other countries could do. Okay, well, you talked about peace talks there. There have actually been peace talks announced between uh, well, the US, or just talks generally between the US and North Korea yeah. for Singapore on June the 12th between Donald Trump and Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's done something, I mean, let's give Donald credit, he's done something which no other president has done. So... There's that. Yep, he's allowed he's allowed North Korea to build nukes and become a threat. Well, uh, and therefore have to have to have to shake hands with them. Well, no, I I mean by all accounts the North Korean missile site has collapsed. Um, I don't know if you've have a have a read through. It's it's quite interesting actually. But I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a story in itself. I think that he deserves credit for that because every other American president. And sure, the thing is like. Nine, nine months ago it did not look like this it looked very much like there was gonna be a big hey my button's bigger than your button my missile's bigger than yours then yeah it, it did look kind of kind of scary but the fact that he's actually got the north korean president to agree to he's met the south korean president he's now going to meet trump that is yeah I'm, I'm all for that i'm not giving it to trump though i'm giving that to the koreas to a lot of people that have been encouraging peace so I, I don't i don't i haven't seen any reports or anything that have said Donald Trump's tried been negotiating. I don't have or or late night phone calls with the Kims. I, I haven't seen anything along those lines. I think this is entirely stemming from the peninsula itself, and they're thinking Trump's an idiot. We can make us look smart and beside him. Okay. Okay. Um, which again, anyone could. Uh, all I want though is for um, Kim to go in for a hug, like he did with the South Korean Prime Minister. Because if if like he just wants to see someone hugging Trump and watching Trump be awkward about that. The, tr- the Trump handshake will be very interesting to see how that goes down. I wonder if he'll ever let go. He'll do, yeah, well, that's the thing. He'll be standing and he'll do the whole thing where he like, pulls him towards him and then like, yeah. firmly shakes. That's, that's one yeah. thing I, I, do, I do like is a good handshake, but nothing like that. Like, that's just... What if he made him, like, fall over? That would be awful. There's a lot that could go wrong, but I don't think they're meeting... I don't think anyone in North Korea is, is deciding that this meeting can go ahead because they're impressed by Trump. I think... I think they're realizing that they can be the good guys in this situation. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. That's on June 12th, and uh, all being well, we will still be here. It's pretty soon. No, uh, no network, as SoundCloud haven't promised us another 70 episodes. But I will promise you that right now. <laughs> Yay! 200, 200, here we come. Episode 200, here we come. Right, James, thank you very much. Thank Three you. Three more years. To everybody who got in touch, uh, Andrew and uh, David and all the other lovely people, Ross and Dizzy and everybody. You're very lovely. You're all very lovely. Were there any highlights of the getting in touch this week for you, Carl? I'm, go- I'm just going to get back to you on that, James. All right, okay. The highlight for me was that we have conf- have one confirmed fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, David clarified for us. I don't know if you, I yeah. don't know if you saw that. Well, I did because I just said that right now to you. <laughs> yeah, we have a confirmed fan. Yeah, thank you, David Wood. Thank you. You're the first confirmed fan over Twitter. Only taken us three and a half years. Maybe, well, maybe other people have said it, but I've forgotten. If you've if you have previously called yourself a fan on any online forum, and you would like to remind us that you've done so, link us up. There was also a discussion that we'd uh, create cease operate badges, but uh, that's that's for the merch part of our website, which is which is coming soon. 
Coming real soon. Yeah. Okay, Ryan James, it's been a pleasure. I will speak to you next week. Yeah, everyone, tune back in next week to hear about a whole lot of films and TV and maybe some more real news. How's that for a cliffhanger? Maybe. Bye. Maybe. <laughs> Bye.